Welcome back to seeing life from a different angle. I wanted to, as I tend to do, thank all of those who are listening and who have listened throughout this past many, many months. It's been 10 months, believe it or not, since I started these um, podcasts, you know, and, and talked about a variety of different topics from um, the purpose of life to the question of guilt to, um, you know, even last week was a com- you know, conversation about sin, you know, and I was thinking today about the idea of trust, you know, and where does trust come from and why is it that we struggle with trust? You know, I know that I've touched upon this in the past, but I think in many ways I was listening to or talking with this gentleman today and, and we were having a conversation about trust and how it is that we struggle, you know, in our lives with trusting other people. And why is it that we tend to struggle so much with this idea of trust? Because if we struggle with it, what happens? What is the consequence of struggling with trust? It's that we tend not to, we tend, first of all, to avoid those circumstances. But second of all, we tend not to be able to produce the best of ourselves in those circumstances as well. Because we're so guarded against the possibility of being hurt, we're so guarded against the possibility of being let down, we're so guarded all the time. And I think that's one of the things that we have to recognize is that there are deeper roots for this. There are deeper psychological roots that come. And not just because, okay, someone let me down, therefore I no longer trust, though I will not deny that those events and experiences occur. But I would say that there are deeper roots, and those roots go back all the way to our infancy. You know, they go back to a period of time when we are kind of thrust into this situation that is so foreign to us. The situation of having to abide by the way the world wants us to be and the way that the world seems to work. And it tells us, okay, well, you know what? You, you're going to have to do these things lest you experience the pain and the struggle and the anguish of being abandoned, of being told you're no longer worth it, being told you're no longer lovable. And so we accept these types of circumstances. What I'm referring to specifically is this, is that, you know, we've talked before about the idea of a wide open reality, a place where in that space we feel loved and we feel connected with God. And if we're blessed enough and it lasts long enough, we'll feel a sense of connection with the external world as well, meaning our relationship at that early age with our mothers or our primary caregiver. And so we have this great and this wonderful experience, and yet that's not how the world seems to work. And that's unfortunate. You know, we shift away from the beauty of that light into a measure of darkness. You know, it can be shadowy. It can be, you know, some moderate level of darkness, or it can be very deeply dark. You know, but one way or another, shifting out of that space we experience for the first time in our lives a sense of abandonment, you know, a sense of even destruction, a destruction of the world within which we were used to, a destruction of the sense that everything is okay and that I am loved and that I am connected. And we shift into this space where we come to realize unless I do what it is I'm told or I act in ways that I am expected to act, I will suffer the negative consequences of that. I will suffer 
you know, and therefore I will be afraid of suffering. Because really, ultimately, unless you are uh, masochists, you do not wish to suffer, you know, and therefore, you know, that pain that we experience is not something at a psychological level is not something we want to keep experiencing. No one wants to be told, if you don't do what I tell you to do, I'm going to punish you. Or if you don't do what I tell you to do, I'm going to, at some level or another, tell you that you're no longer lovable to me. You know, and I think as a byproduct of that, as a byproduct of that fear, we stop trusting. We stop trusting to some degree at that stage. We stop trusting to a great degree when we're pulled away from that wide open reality. And we trust less and less as time goes on, as more the world proves to us that it is unknowable and it is doubtable. You know, we're all individuals who are constantly engaging and interacting with others. You know, you're in the work environment, you're in a family environment, you're in a friend environment, you're at a concert, whatever the case might be, you're doing these things, or at church, you're doing these things and engaging with other people. And yet each one of these individuals has their own perception of how they believe the world should be. Eight billion different people in the world, eight billion different realities. Every individual struggling to keep their reality alive in order to minimize their own fear. What ends up happening is you, as the individual, may struggle with the notion of how can I trust anybody at this particular point in my life or ever because everybody expects something from me. I'm going to be disappointing to some people. They're going to be disappointing to me. And so as a byproduct, I just tend to avoid. You know, I'll stay to my own. I'll keep to my own. But what good does that do? In its own fascinating sort of way, we're imprisoning ourselves. We're bringing ourselves into a deeper place of darkness by not trusting other people. We're continuing and exacerbating the pain and the loss that we experienced in the beginning. We're moving farther and farther away from that wide open reality. And we may think to ourselves, okay, but here I'm safe. There's no safety there. There's just aloneness. There's just darkness. It doesn't change the world. It doesn't make your life any better because you are hiding away in your lack of trust. So the healthiest thing for us to do is to recognize that what is healthiest for us is to return to a sense of connection with other people. What we need to do is we need to aim toward finding other people who treat us with value and treat us with respect. Don't assume that everyone has to be subsumed under a certain category of untrustworthy. Generalization is for the lazy. And we're lazy because we're afraid. A lot comes back to the idea of fear. We're afraid of losing the gratification that we have in our lives. And therefore, I don't know that I can trust this person to give it to me. I don't know that I can believe that this group of individuals is going to treat me well. You know, whether it is, you know, or based upon race or based upon, you know, uh, gender, whether it's based upon anything. You know, my mom had this thing against people who were, had a particular name. It was so generalized to her that anyone who had this name was not somebody that she wanted to have anything to do with. And so we have to recognize, okay, if we're, if we're generalizing in that way, what we end up doing, sadly, is we're making a choice to keep hiding away, to say there's no group that I can trust. There's no one around me that I can trust. 
And then if I do trust anybody, it's this very small myopic world of people that I have a commonality with. But those commonalities will eventually fade like we talked about last week and the week before. You know, eventually that common ground that you have will not be enough. If you step outside of that, you'll see they will react. The people in your circle will react negatively. So, you know, if, if you have this group of individuals, for instance, who say to each other, okay, we're just not going to date anybody. We're just going to stay single for the rest of our lives. So let's just plan on meeting every every day or two or three, once a week, whatever the case might be, so we can get together and hang out with each other. And that goes well, as long as everybody agrees. But then somebody in the group finds themselves attracted to someone and they start dating that person. What ends up happening is the group rebels against them. And now, because of that circumstance, the individual becomes afraid they're going to lose their group. And so they have to make a choice. Do I stay with the person I am started to engage with? Or do I go back to what it is I'm familiar with because it's a common ground? Trust involves a willingness in our hearts to open ourselves up despite our fears to the possibility that other people can be there for us. Will everybody be? No. It's sad to say that too many people live in the dark. They live in a place of existence or subsistence where they're not going to be able to be reached or they're not interested in being reached or they're too afraid to be reached. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we shouldn't strive to get back to that wide open reality where connection matters, where love matters, where relationships matter. So if I can give you one bit of guidance, it would be this. Look around you. Make a choice to engage with somebody today. See how it goes. You know, see if there's a world that you can engage in that isn't so common. You know, and see if this person is not someone who will let you be yourself with them as well. Be well. <laughs>